Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and this is my other host, Christopher. Hi, I'm Christopher, the other host. Hi, Christopher, the other host. Uh, B-Roll Podcast is, surprise, a podcast where we watch, typically we watch sci-fi and sci-fi adjacent films, typically straight to stream or independent, and then we break them down, review them, riff on them when necessary, which is pretty often. This episode will be a little different. We've done this once before where we've watched the pilot episode of a sci-fi television show. I'm air quoting television. Uh, We'll be doing that again today. So Chris, what did we watch? Uh, We watched the first part of apparently a two-part episode of The Order, which they do not do a good enough job explaining to you that it's a two-part thing. It did start off by saying Hell Week Part 1. So I made some assumptions (laughs) about there being a part two. But not all of us can be observant, I understand. There's various levels. You're being a Brian about it. This is a a Netflix original series, so when I say television, obviously I'm just meaning episodic visual media, and we'll commonly refer to television. I think that's fair. I mean, I think it's described as television. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if if it's a Netflix original, it's not television, but it is episodic, sort of. I think they refer to it as just prestige TV. I don't agree, but... I understand I mean, why. That makes sense. Yeah. I refer to it as a TV. I mean, when I watch Stranger Things, I refer to it as a television show. or It's a TV show. Yeah. We're putting the nail in the coffin right now. Yeah, There's a coffin. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, speaking of spoilers, uh, for y'all who are newer to the show, uh, we like to give our opinions up front. It'll be spoiler-laden. Spoiler-laden? It'll be full of spoilers. Uh, then we'll break down spoilerific. the plot. Spo- it'll be spoilerific. Yes, thank you. Uh, then we'll break down the plot. Talk about the interesting parts of it as we go along. If our podcast doesn't sound interesting when we're going over the plot, it's probably because the plot wasn't interesting. Uh, then we'll give final thoughts, whether we recommend it and whatnot at the end, and give you some plugs to our social media and whatnot. Feel free to tune those out. So Christopher, what did you think of the first episode of season one, because there is a second season out, of the Netflix original series, The Order? I don't know how I feel, if that makes any sense at all. And I think it's because, like we said earlier, it's a two-part episode. But for whatever reason, they don't tell you it's a two-part episode. You just watch episode one. There's a lot of stuff that's unresolved. They hit you with a lot of information up front, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with getting a lot of information out of the way. But I just, I don't dislike it. I don't like it, but I don't dislike it. Okay. I think it was, I think it was Okay. Okay. I would be willing to watch another episode. Well, yeah. It's a two-parter. It'd be hard to... Sh- should we decide that we want to watch another episode, I would I would feel comfortable watching the second one. I get that. And I, I think what you're describing is kind of a side effect of a lot of these straight-to-stream, quote-unquote, television series, especially on Netflix. There's not a self-contained story in the first episode. They treat it as premier cable television, right? There's no resolution deliberately. It makes it harder to know whether these plot points are going anywhere. I think we can still judge them or still review them. Ah, judge. We're going to still judge them based on whether they're interesting, whether they sound worthy, I guess, of being resolved. I mean, you could think same thing with several HBO series. And that's really, I mean, I think we can all agree that Netflix is trying to be HBO when it comes to their, their television 
you love to talk about Game of Thrones, but when we talk about other HBO series as well, The Wire, True Detective, big fan of the True Detective series, there is no resolution in the first episode. There's just more questions. I think we're seeing that here as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. I, I also, I did mention several times in my notes, I wrote them down, that every scene asks more questions than it answers, almost by design. From the beginning of the show all the way up to the end, I, f- I feel like there's more information that's there. We just don't have it. Mm. Well, it, it presents itself as a little bit of a mystery, yeah? I see that. I mostly agree with you. I'm intrigued enough to watch another episode. It'll be difficult to give my opinions and that I really feel like I'm only getting part of the story. There were some plot points that uh, we had the same kind of reaction, or at least I did, when we watched Charmed, the last television show that we, or pilot, the television pilot that we reviewed or whatever it is that we do, where it feels like some things are rushed because it's a pilot and they're just trying to set the premise, which actually goes exactly 100% against what I was saying earlier about them trying to be HBO. Well, I guess actually it goes with them trying trying to be HBO, not quite getting it. Because some things feel rushed. Some things that you're like, well, a character should react that way. They don't react that way because plot dictates otherwise, which is <sighs> bullcrap sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Plot armor. Yeah. So I, I mostly agree with you. I'm a little bit more forgiving, I think, than the way you're presenting your opinion. I know I gave this huge spoiler warning and then we didn't give any spoilers. <laughs> that was very atypical of us. <laughs> well, I mean, we still talk about it. Were there any highlights? What were your highlights and then what were your lowlights? Any scene with Kyle on screen, which I don't know if it was intentional or not, but the decision to name a just an absolute jerk of a character, <laughs> Kyle, which, you know, if you know anything about meme culture in 2020, the name Kyle usually gets attached to just d-bag bros and so i definitely think he absolutely nailed the casting with that guy i mean i don't know what he's like in real life but every moment he's on screen i absolutely enjoy i think he's fantastic and the uh like the little treasure hunt yeah i thought was neat uh in terms of low lights i don't i don't even know if i necessarily want to use the term low light i don't know what else to call it low point i don't know well no i I just didn't really have any low points, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't that I didn't not like it. There wasn't any part where I was just sitting there with my eyes just a, like a, a gape because I was just like, "Whoa, whoa, what's happening here? Uh, yeah. This is terrible." Okay. Nothing like that. It just I just felt generic, but it could be because it's the first episode. I don't know anything. Fair about enough. It, so as far as I went, <laughs> I liked Kyle more or less. I like, and I've forgotten his name already shoot <laughs> not the character well not the character's name but the actor mr matt this is, this is great is it this matt is... fuhrer yes he's the uh, he plays the main character's grandfather or pops i think he calls him he's yeah. also a recurring character recurring actor i should say in our main actor in eureka which i loved he shows up some other places doing some different things. He's a little bit in the Fear of the Walking Dead. He does some voiceover stuff. So I really like him as an actor. So it was kind of pleasant to see him. I enjoyed that. Hmm. 
So so he so he's a character actor who's been in other movies and yeah. TV shows, right? Oh yeah, he's been okay. in a ton of stuff. I recognized him right away. I was like, oh man, I had to look up his you name. Haven't really discussed it, but I possess a superpower, and that superpower is the ability to recognize actors and voice actors from various minuscule or obscure parts. And I immediately recognized this guy that you're describing his name, Matt, Matt Fuhrer. Is that what his name? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing it. I apologize. He Mr. Matt. is the time-traveling scientist from an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. That's, yes. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's, the, that's that guy. Hold on. We're going to look up and make sure that you're right about that, actually. Because you, you claim to have a superpower, so now we have to verify it. Okay. Feel free. I am. I'm on his IMDb right now. I'm scrolling. Oh, yep, there he is. 1991 plays a character named Berling. What? Berlingkopf Rasmussen. That is a fantastic name. Feel free to apologize whenever you want. Oh, uh, so, hey, Chris. Chris. What's up, man? I'll never apologize to you. <laughs> that's that's a lie. <laughs> um, also, uh, Chancellor, what was her name? Chancellor Stone. She's been in some stuff. Has she? Yeah, she was in MacGyver. She was in Bones. All right. Yeah, she's just been in some stuff. Now she has 119 credits. Yeah. Wow. I don't think she's like some prolific actress. I mean, what would you call 100, um, essentially 120 credits? I mean, that's well, prolific. I, I, more more along the lines of she would be considered like a that guy or a that girl. She's just in a bunch um, of stuff, but she's not. What's up? That woman? How dare you? That woman. That woman, sure. But I mean, she just hasn't really... She was in Stargate. All of her credits are just real short. You know what I mean? But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean... Sure, sure. You, get, you gotta get paid. <laughs> Feel free. I'm just saying. No, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, I mean, otherwise, I didn't recognize any of the young actors. We think we pointed out two of the three adults in this episode. Yeah. So, uh, well, there was also... Did you watch Altered Carbon? I've seen the first season. I enjoyed it. Did you realize that the detective is the captain from that show? No, I captain did not. Tanaka? Oh, yeah. I got sorry. Someone else that I noticed that our main character's roommate is one of the hockey punks from Letterkenny. Fair enough. I don't know what that is, but you, you what? I said what I said. I know. And in, sometimes we say ridiculous things and we don't mean it. I, I said what I said. So. I guess we should just go ahead, unless you've got anything else you low, want to I, Well, just to go low light real quick. Mm, low light, yes. So we're going to see this in our opening scene. The main character's mother is dead. We actually open this episode with him putting a, a cupcake with a candle on it on her gravestone, on her headstone, saying happy birthday, mother, and yada, 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 talking to her. There's a scene near the end, in the last few minutes of this episode, where her headstone is destroyed by kyle <laughs> and yeah. i i feel like i reacted more to the headstone being destroyed than this guy did to his mother's <laughs> headstone being destroyed i mean i think he was in shock <laughs> i mean yeah, i think this is what it was it wasn't possibly but he's giving one-liners like 30 seconds later you know that's fair his adrenaline's up i guess <laughs> i'm just saying it felt a little odd i didn't care for it fair enough but fair enough but okay otherwise yeah all right do you want to get started with the plot let's uh how many pages of notes do you have for this 50 minute episode three and one third wow pages i think that's i'm sorry i'm sorry two and one third pages yeah all right so i think this is the shortest amount of notes that i've taken really yeah all right 
I've already kind of spoiled your first little bit, but go on. That's all right. So as you were saying, our main character, the first thing I noticed is how much like Kevin Bacon he looked like. <laughs> like young Kevin Bacon. Are we playing that game now? I'm just saying he looks like a young Kevin Bacon. At least in this particular shot, that it's just staring straight up at his face from a low angle. He does. He delivers a cupcake to his mother's grave and he tells her happy birthday. And he's describing that he's applying to some schools and he's hoping to get accepted. And then we cut to a black haired woman and a blonde haired woman arguing about him and his possible admission into their institution. It's called Belgrave. It's like a back and forth. The blonde haired woman says uh, he's a delinquent and then the black haired woman says well he's a great student you know he's not he doesn't have the money the the retort to that is well you know many of our greatest members come from lower circumstances but while this is happening he uh has a letter he's like well this is really thin which i don't know how many colleges you applied to but small envelopes aren't always the best before he opens it uh, the blonde-haired woman picks up a blue petaled rose and crushes it and like grinds it into her hand. And I think she says something along the lines of like, well, you know, I'm in charge of the admissions to this institution. And as long as I'm around this guy, Jack Morton, we won't accept him into Belgrave. And so he reads the letter and it says, you know, dear Mr. Jack Morton, you know, we're sorry to inform you that blah, 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 you didn't get in. But he gets done reading it and he's just kind of in shock for a few seconds. And then the blonde haired woman. Well, he, I'm sorry. Sorry. He, he goes, I'm sorry, mom. I tried my best. I tried everything I could. Like he's right. ready to give up <laughs> and then right away. The the blonde-haired woman crushes this rose and then turns it on her heel and leaves. And then the black-haired woman bends down, picks the crushed petals up, and essentially manages to reattach it to its stem as if it was never broken, like nothing ever happened to it, and puts it down on, I guess, uh, what would be a, um, what do you call this? Uh, dossier. I think a dossier might be appropriate. It has his picture on it. She puts the reformed blue rose on his dossier, and as he's looking at the letter, he sees the text change before his eyes. Uh, yeah. It essentially says, cool little you know, hey, you've been accepted. Great job. And then I wrote in here that that is spooky with nine capital O's. He just, so, he just rolled with it. Yeah. We get our first shot of his home, and we find out that it's his home because he's standing in it what appears to be his room. It's next to the tracks, the railroad tracks. A train rolls by. And International sign that you're not well yeah. off. Live by the tracks. Yeah. And then a gentleman, Mr. Matt, was it Matt Fuhrer? Did we decide that was his name? Yes, Fuhrer, okay. sure. Fuhrer. He appears in the doorway and he says, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to move to campus. It's actually a pretty short commute. Yeah. And Jack says, well, you know, residency is part of the scholarship. Which I felt, uh, I felt that is. dude's, I felt that dude's pain. What I related to the grandfather not wanting his dead daughter's only child, his only grand, <laughs> so like leave. I'm like, yeah, that, man, I'd be, uh, I'd be feeling the same way. Well, we don't actually know it's his granddad yet. He calls him because pops. he's well, well. I mean, I call my dad pops. <laughs> well, we're not all weird like you are. No, that probably you're right. It's probably more common. I call my grandfather pop, so I just assumed, you know, like sure, I, yeah. I saw that. Plus, the age, the obvious age difference, uh, and the fact that his mother's dead. I, 
I felt what you know. he can't can't be a single dad raising his only kid. No, he could have been you know fif- fifteen years ago. Is That's what I'm sexist. trying to say. Anyways, he can't find his keys. They go into the garage. He's looking around, patting his pockets. And Jack walks over to the workbench where they are in plain sight. Picks him up, jiggles him. And this is where we find out that uh, he's Jack's grandfather. Because they look at a picture of a man on the wall and flip it off. He says, you're the reason why my daughter's dead. And then Jack says... He uses a a curse word, and then essentially, uh, what what was what was it from Mythica? Viking. He says, "Fike you, Dad." Yeah. Uh, flips it off. Yeah, that that was my first like, ooh, because the the grandfather flips him off and says, "We're gonna get you for killing my daughter." And then he flips him off, and says, "You know what you said to Dad?" And I was like, "Oh, that's a very that's okay, okay." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I say that. They have, when you say this is a picture, I mean, it's the whole conspiracy board with lots of pictures and yeah. newspaper clippings and wires or, or uh, not wires, but, you know, yarn. Strings. Strings yeah. or strings. Man, I I remembered the word strings. Come on now. And you said yarn anyways. <laughs> I just was trying a thing. It didn't work. No, they got strings strung around. So this is a full conspiracy, full-blown thing going on. Pepe Sylvia. Thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 They uh, roll up on the college in Granddad's beat-up old truck. While they're standing there, he he says, I want you to pledge to the Blue Rose. You know, they'd be crazy not to take you. This is when I figured out who he was. I figured out he was Rasmussen from TNG. But anyways, they kind of have a little back and forth about it. He says, I can, you know, walk you up to your room. You know, no one will mind your crazy old Granddad. And then he's like, no, 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 I'll be cool. Pops is watching Jack walk up a hill, and he turns to his left to get into his truck and he says he'll be fine (laughs) and then the camera immediately switches back to jack getting for lack of a better term kidnapped oh he was kidnapped (laughs) the music at this point was very staccato and for a moment i was like were those gunshots like was that (laughs) did he just say everyone will be fine and then there was a campus shooting on day one like holy crud (laughs) we get a scene change jack is on his knees we just had this happen in Charmed, so I was like, wait a second. Oh, that is, that's right. This is the second television show in a row we've watched yeah. where people get kidnapped to pledge for a fraternity. The difference yeah. is, is that this person was barely on campus for the first time. <laughs> like, this is a bit much. There's like a whole ritual. I don't remember the important words, but this guy pulls like a, a sword out. As he calls it then, a sword, it's a dagger. It's a yeah. dagger. <laughs> and he cuts his finger and he's like, ouch. <laughs> Ugh. Dang it. Ugh. Like, oh, he's like an obvious pain. He cut his finger because you're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And then he squeezes his finger, which droplets of blood end up in a cup, a, a cup of water. Was it water or like wine? Them. I don't, it's a, it was a clear liquid. And he says, uh, if it's about the blood, dude, I'm clean. I had hep C on a trip to Mexico once, but that's quote, all cleared up. Unquote. Oh man. Refresh my memory. I don't know. If you have hepatitis C, do you ever get rid of hepatitis C? I, as a as a safety precaution, I assume not. However, maybe Uh, it's treatable, (laughs) but not curable. I guess I don't know. Uh, By the way, hepatitis C is spread through contact with blood. (laughs) Oh, it says it's curable. It's a curable liver infection. Yeah. 
Anyways. Oh, man. But yeah, but oh my goodness. So. (laughs) Right? Jack's like, uh, nah, man, I'm out. I'm really not interested. And they're like, well, man, hey, what's going on? You're Delta Delta Kappa material, bro. And he just says, no, it's not you. Delta Delta Kappa. Yeah. It's me. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> he I'm, he, uh, he throws. He breaks up with him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for a better organization, <laughs> and then just gets up and then asks for his stuff. <laughs> man, yeah, the the stones on this guy, man. Jeez. Either way, we're now in the the dorms. An RA is leading him around. He's like, "Yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, this is the, these are the bathrooms. This is the, this is where you gotta go. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Blah 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 blah." I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard, if you ever had this speech with an RA. Team. I have not. My only experience in the dorms was in the armed services, and I assure you that the initial tour was very, very different. Oh, did you not get a rape whistle? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> so the no, RA I did leads not. him to his room. And his roommate there is a gentleman named Clayton who just goes on an all-time rant. It's great. He's like, you know, man, you just can't. You just don't want to be a number out there, man. You just. This is the the guy from Letterkenny we were talking about earlier. I was talking about earlier, and he was pretending not to know. I don't know what Letterkenny is. (laughs) Shut up. Anyways, he just ends with his little thing, and he's like, don't touch my stuff. Yeah, I love then, that. It's a huge rant. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. Like, the man's out to get you. And then last, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> and then he gets up and then leaves. Jack tries to shake his hand on the way out, and he just looks at it and goes, huh, and just keeps walking. The guy's not yeah, having I, any of it. Does not I care. I wrote down that everyone in the school is weird. I don't know. Uh, his RA, this is what I was talking about. So his RA hands him, like, a map, and he talks about orientation, then he hands him he's like these are a bunch of coupons for stuff you'll never buy here's a rape whistle here's a pamphlet on how not to rape people if you need anything and then he just leaves i have since i watched it i was assured that that's actually that they actually hand those out that is not a joke played it up for a joke but they actually hand out i guess rape whistles and pamphlets on how not to rape that's not funny it's not i'm sorry no 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 i'm just saying i'm saying to anyone who's listening it's not funny don't do that. Oh, yeah. God bless. <laughs> wow. Wow. The show played yeah. up that line for a joke, but none of the actual yeah. subject matter is yeah. funny. Sexual assault is real, and it is serious. We should all strive for a day where it's not real. Yes. And while he's standing there after the RA leaves the room, he looks across the hall, and he sees a guy with a fantastic chin. Yes. With a blue rose in his hand, and then he notices that jack noticed him and then he like turns and shuts his door yeah secretive then we cut to the outside this is i guess everyone's kind of meeting up for orientation he walks up to him and he says hey man i heard your name is weston like yeah my name's weston and he's like "Uh, hey are you a legacy and i guess that's like a sensitive point you know with fraternities and colleges that you know if you're a legacy uh, i mean i'm not out here trying to debate whether or not Weston or Gregory, the guy next to him, deserved to get into this school, but it's a sensitive matter to them because we have an altercation. He tries to punch Jack, who deftly dodges all incoming attacks, and then eventually does this remind you of a scene from another show or another movie that we've watched? No, should it? I mean, it's a 
it's an altercation that if either character, well, really, if the one character had been smart, would not have happened. No? Does it remind you of the rogue from Mythica? No? Okay. Just me. But when, I mean, when does he get into a fist fight? No, no, no. At the beginning, when he's getting stabbed at and he's just dodging around. Just to, it's a, it's a, it, the only reason this scene is there is to show off that Jack is dexterous. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. It's the same plot point made with a similar... Gotcha. Yeah, I guess there I was you. no fight in the other show. There should have been. God. <laughs> Don't you dare talk bad about Mythica on this podcast. Oh, I apologize to all the Mythica uh, apologizers <laughs> out there. <laughs> the Mythica truthers. Uh, the so, <laughs> I apologize so, to the Brigade of Bryans. Yeah. I just, I don't give a crap. Weston like, has some wild swing. Jack catches him on it. Tosses him over his shoulder. Really great judo throw, I might add. Yeah. And then Pilates. looks over it. <laughs> looks over at Gregory, who looks like he's about to jump in for a second. And he, I think he says something along the lines of, like, if you don't want to be the next guy made fun of on YouTube, or something to that effect. A really weird thing. I don't know if that's like a threat. or, But I mean, you know, when your adrenaline's up, you say dumb stuff. You know, like, this guy's going down or something dumb. Uh, but he says that. And then a blonde-haired girl rolls up on them, and she says, Oh, my God, look at all this testosterone. Blah, 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 blah. I love the smell of testosterone. In the morning? Did she say in the morning? Or is that just me wishing that she had? Either way. (laughs) Then she goes surfing as the U.S. Army bombs a Vietnamese beach. Wow. Anyways. Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but fair. So... She, I guess she's our tour guide for orientation. She's like, you know, hey, you know, this uh, school was founded in blah, 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 blah. We had a a vegetable garden. And then Jack says, hey, I thought they didn't have a vegetable garden until World War I. And then she looks at her notes and she's like, oh, that's right. And he says, yeah, it's a victory garden. And then she does the thing. She does the thing that you should never do to a smart ass, which is ask them if they want to do your job. And then he just shrugs looks at the people behind him and says, yeah. And then they go on a walk. (laughs) He's like, yo, this is the, I think he says it's the dining hall. There's eight ghosts. He tells a particularly gruesome story about um, the bloody woman or something like that. We find out her name is Alyssa. And I know that because the subtitles say Alyssa. Do you, do you find it particularly annoying when subtitles give away people's names before you're supposed to know them? No. No. So I've been playing through The Last of Us Part 2, and there's a bit where you're playing a character and you haven't heard their name yet, or two mm-hmm. characters, and they're actually called man and woman until they say each other's names and then it updates the subtitles. I thought it was okay. really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I can see that. Maybe in like a big plot-driven media that I'm heavily invested in, it sure. might bother me, but sure. for it just episodes, whatever. Point five of the order i really wasn't in it to win it oh no i understand i understand just curious no i gotcha they go to the library and then he says yeah you know they gotta go downstairs there's a secret meeting place of the order the hermetic order of the blue rose and then she's like well you know there are no secret societies and uh the library doesn't have a basement i i don't i maybe it's the script's fault but 
I don't understand why Jack is walking around talking about a secret society out loud that he's trying to join. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I felt, thought it was a really weird decision. I mean, yeah, I get that he's an outsider and he, he wants, he wants it to be known that he wants to join, but I mean, I feel like every third sentence out of his mouth is something about the hermetic order of the blue rose so i mean well yeah but we do well we do get it. we're it is like skip four they're in different parts so he brings it up multiple times yeah. but it's not like back to back to back i mean he should just wear a t-shirt that says i want to join the hermetic order of the blue rose <laughs> that might have worked better for him <laughs> and then she says hey how did you know about all this stuff and he says oh my granddad used to work here and he's kind of a you know a completionist and then he asks her to dinner and then was this his ra because i didn't recognize who it was it was like some guy named randy or randy yeah it, it becomes apparent that it's his ra but okay. i didn't recognize him right away i mean his ra wasn't on screen long enough for me to recognize him 10 minutes sure. later yeah i mean he had to leave the room and go hand out more rape whistles so uh randall comes up and just kind of interferes i mean but he might already know Alyssa because they both are students who work for the university. Like, he might already know who she is. I don't know. But it, it, it was weird that he would do that. But anyways. Yeah. He, and he does it so awkwardly. It's real awkward when he comes in and just kind of interrupts them. Maybe yeah. he thinks he's trying to protect him from her. I don't know. Or maybe, do you think, that, did you get the feeling that he was just trying to look for any opening to talk to her? Randall? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, but what you're saying kind of makes more sense because in the next, so in our very next scene, well, Randall says, Hey, let me buy you a beer. And he's like about to hand it to him. He goes, Hey, you 21. And then Jack's about to say no. And he's like, Oh, I don't care. I will say they drink a lot for a bunch of underage students. There's a bar on campus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at, at the particular college that I went to every college I ever visited. There was a pub that was not on campus, but was with was within a stone's throw of campus. <laughs> yeah. So and and did that pub, as you called it, serve alcohol to underage students without checking um, ID? I mean, I was kind of straight edge that what that year, so I don't know. No, because they're the first. If you're a cop and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I want to bust this place for underage. Like, where's the first place you go? Oh, the place right off campus that would sure. have a vested interest in selling alcohol to minors. Sure. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, campus police just, aren't real police anyways. I just really, well, yeah, but I didn't mean <laughs> campus police. I meant the real popo. I have a problem. I have a problem. And maybe it's just because my experience differed quite a bit. I'm interested to hear your experience, but this is not, and this is the order is not the only thing guilty of this, but there's so much media out there that has 17 to 20 year olds drinking or 16, 15, whatever at a party or at a pub or whatever, drinking alcohol, Mm -hmm. doing an illegal thing. And we can argue, we actually, me and you won't argue about it, but the, about the moral implications of underage drinking, but it's just weird that it's so ubiquitous. And it feels like, because it feels like it's, it's, it's giving the show a backdrop of a university while trying to appeal to a demographic that's in their mid-20s to early 30s. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying, but I think that's... We can go back to Mythica and talk about Dagon for a second, but when I when I mentioned the fact that he just opened the book of tropes and landed directly on himself, like, that's just the thing. <laughs> yeah. I you guess. know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if you're in college, if you're a movie 
or a television show about college, I think it's almost a legal requirement that you have underage drinking involved. Sure. So, But not at a pub. Not at a bar. And not during the day. What the heck are they... He goes to the bar and drinks and then leaves and goes back to like doing his orientation stuff. He leaves and goes back to doing his orientation stuff. That doesn't make any sense. If you're going to be busting out the fake ID, which is what I assume they're doing, even though all of them seem to have a fake ID. So maybe the on-campus bar just doesn't care, well, which is a whole other thing. You don't I just bust it out on your on day one at two o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't see a door guy, and so yeah. But when you a, go to a bar, or yeah, when you go to a drinking establishment, and there's no door guy, the bartender's supposed to check your ID. At least in the but, great state that we live in, I said, well, great. oh god. In the defense of this scene, Jack doesn't go to the bar. Randall, we assume, is twenty one, gets the beers and comes to the table. Ah, okay. You're saying that he but, is the one committing the crime. Even though later we see Jack sitting at the bar by yes. himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God bless. But, uh... I'm sorry. Pit- I just got... No, it's fine. I'm just... I got done watching... I just recently watched the American Pie movies. i never seen them. I've seen one of them. The third one? And there's so Listen. much alcohol. I saw American Wedding... I never seen the first two American Pie or American, um, what's the other one called? Reunion? American Pie 2. Sorry, third one. Fourth one. Whatever. There's a fourth one? Yeah. Yeah, there's American Pie, American Pie 2, American Wedding, and then American Reunion, where they go to their 10-year reunion. Mm. Actually, it's 13 years later, and they make the joke about, well, they missed it, or 12 years later. They missed it by a few years, but they got their act together or whatever. Anyways, their first two movies, like the second movie, they're in a cabin on the beach with liquor. Just tons of liquor. Like, I understand a high school party, there being a keg because somebody got the hookup or did something or whatever, but these guys have some nice liquor sitting in their cabinet. And I'm like, where did you get this? You're nowhere near home. This doesn't make it. Anyways, I'm going to cut all of this. Uh, no, leave it. No. Because this has been another episode of Drinking on Campus. Drinking Is on it a Campus. Crime? Is it a crime? <laughs> uh, the experts say yes, but we're going to ask the students <laughs> to see their opinion. <laughs> Let's see what the television executives say. So before we went off on this fantastic tangent, yeah, we talked about Randall interjecting himself with Alyssa and Jack. And in this very scene when they're drinking in a bar, Randall's very, I don't, I think the word that I'm, that I, I used coy, but I don't think coy is probably the appropriate word because he's just very dismissive he's like nah man there's no secret orders on this campus or yeah man it's just a group but it's bs you don't need to don't be joining that stuff yeah and then they keep looking over at weston the guy who was emasculated in front of everybody at the orientation and he's standing next to his friend gregory and then there's a a young woman with them they look over at jack he looks over at them and then he's like hey man quit looking at them and then jack Thanks Randall for the beer and gets up and leaves. Does he finish the beer? I don't think he does, which is rude. very rude. Very yes. rude. Yeah. As a, I don't expect an 18 year old to understand that, but that's rude. Yeah. There's that whole joke about when you die, you are dipped by your ankle into all of the alcohol that you have wasted in your life. I've never heard that before. And if you drown, you go to hell. Interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah. I didn't know. This is the first time I've ever been told that I'm going to heaven. I'm watching this scene. Uh, Jack did not finish his beer. Ugh. So we get a scene change. Weston is out having a jog, you know, for a, for a rich legacy. You know, he's, he doesn't have any AirPods, you know. What a chump. Anyways. Fake. He... <laughs> Air Buds. That's what he's listening to. Uh, he's so... like, are you listening to Air Buds on your Air Buds? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, he's, no. Uh, he's jogging, and then he hears a twig snap. And I have here that it's always a twig. 100% of the Why time. Why is it always a twig? Why can't someone we, like... We talked about this in our a... last Supernatural television show that we watched. <laughs> we walked into the Why... woods. I hear a twig. Oh, no. Why can't you kick a rock and it bounces off the trunk of a tree or something? Like, give me something original. Jeez. <laughs> Who steps on twigs? Uh, he looks into the forest. He doesn't see anything. And he puts his earbud back in his head. Or his ear. <laughs> he puts his earbud back in his back ear. Back in his ear, yeah. We actually get a shot of something looking at Weston. And it's got a gray filter. And then it gets closer and closer and closer. And then it attacks him and he turns around and screams. Yeah. That's too bad. I liked him. <laughs> Fan favorite, Weston. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't get enough. We get a scene changed to the dorms. The black-haired woman from the beginning of the movie uh, is walking with Captain Tanaka from Altered Carbon. He he's detective something. I didn't. His name isn't important. She knocks on the door and says, "It's you know Jack Morton. My name is Chancellor Stone. Open up." He opens the door. They question him. You know. Jack, he's not very smart. Doesn't call his lawyer. Doesn't refuse to answer any questions without any sort of legal representation. Doesn't ask if he's being detained. Come on, get it together, Jack. <laughs> wow. That was not meant to be legal advice. We are not lawyers. That was him <laughs> acting on his own opinions. I feel like Jack did saying. the right thing. He just said, nope. He answered very basic questions and then moved no. on. And really, the no. chancellor protected him. As soon as the questioning was going to get beyond... Oh, we, we skipped why he's being questioned. <laughs> Oh, well, he's being questioned because he had an altercation with Weston. And Weston's and Weston is now dead. dead. Yes. Yeah. Look, Rip. I'm just saying, if you get questioned by the police, just refuse to answer any questions. Uh, your I, yep. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm giving the opposite opinion, just so that we can be <laughs> fair and balanced. Like Fox News. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I'm out. I'm this out. Is this has been another episode. episode. <laughs> This was the last episode of the B-Roll podcast. So the detective bails. The chancellor is like about to walk out the door, but she actually shuts it instead. And then she turns and says, hey, you know, you shouldn't engage in any sort of violence or altercations with your other students. Consider this your get out of jail free card. And then she leaves. Jack turns around and there is a mysterious letter. On his bed. In a rose. In a blue rose. I actually <gasps> rewound it and I was like, was she anywhere near the bed? What the heck? But she wasn't. <laughs> it was magically there. What happens later? He's standing there talking to somebody and then it just appears in his pocket. And he's like, what is this? Right. Well, this first <laughs> time I thought it was just like secreted there. I right. said magic there. I was like, oh, magic. It was magic there. I really <laughs> thought it was maybe snuck in or something. But it was uh, it was wizarded. It was wizarded. wizarded. Uh, this is the American version of Hogwarts. <laughs> we do everything way worse. Anyways. So he essentially tells him he needs to meet up somewhere. And he arrives. There's a group of other students. They're just like, oh, this guy, geez, we can't get rid of him. Uh, I guess Gregory 
is one of them, and so he's mad that this townie Gregory. embarrassed him and his and his crew. A guy named Amir approaches him, and they shake hands. They make fun of the prep prep school the they make fun of the prep. I can't even say this. They make fun of the prep school kids. Thank you. And then uh, out of nowhere, some people in robes just show up and says, uh, "You know, you guys aren't students anymore. Uh, you're neophytes. That means you're less than nothing." And then they do a real cool trick where they are holding on to a golden coin and they say, you know, there's a there's a group of eight of you. Only three students will make it in. You must find a coin. Don't help anybody find any coins and only take one coin. And if you break any of these rules, we'll know and you won't be able to join. It's obvious that there's a man and a woman in these robes. And then he just like under his breath, he's like, Alyssa? Under his breath? You thought that was under his breath? All right. I didn't think he said it loud enough for the, everyone in the group to hear him, but because uh, he's—I think he's still a little farther back. Maybe this whole he episode, he's up. too smart for his own good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, mm, there's that happens a lot where the main character is just smarter than everybody else. I mean, he's I mean, infallible this whole episode. Yeah, I mean, he's able to judo take down a guy. You know, he knows all these facts about the school that he's going to because he's been studying it to take it down. Yeah. Uh, he's too yeah. sure of himself. And I, I know this is a two-parter, but there's one, if we do watch the second episode, man, I hope he gets taken down a peg. Honestly, <laughs> not, not physically necessarily, but I hope he meets That's, his match. And he does, when he's talking to the ethics professor, he does kind of give some feelings that are a little bit more, I guess, human, but man, it's, he needs to calm it down. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's all up, he's all up on it. You know what I mean? He's trying to go out there and establish who he is. You know, he's making his mark on the school. He's a big fish, little pond. And now he wants to be the big fish in the big pond. So, yeah, I but guess yes, so. He is. He, I feel I like mean, he, he thinks he's better than everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's pompous. <laughs> so speaking of the ethics professor, we are now in a classroom. It's the introduction to ethics. And the professor is like, well, if you need, <laughs> if you need an introduction to ethics, you know, society hasn't done its job. What have your parents been doing for the last 18 years? I thought it was a great yeah. line. I actually really <laughs> like this ethics professor. He is fantastic. So the girl who was with Weston at the bar, we get a shot of her and she kind of looks over at Jack and the professor's like, you know, I don't even really want to talk about ethics. Let's, you know, there's something obvious that we need to talk about. And she's like, well, I don't want to talk about it. I could have been on that trail. It could have been me. And then <laughs> essentially the... The professor says, you know, that's selfish. Really, you know, if uh, if nothing we've said so far, if you have no interest in the order whatsoever, which fair, you should go watch this scene with the yeah, ethics this, professor. It is both scenes. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, both yeah. yeah, both scenes. This one first. It is yeah. amazing. It, then, it stands on its own. <laughs> she calls him Wendell. As she calls him Wendell, the subtitles just say giggles because the professor's like, Well, his name was Weston. So I guess you really didn't care about him. And then he asks Jack, he says, uh, what about you? And, and Jack honestly answers, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad, I, I'm not glad that he's gone, but, you know, he's like, it provided me with an opportunity. And then the teacher's like, you know, hey, self-preservation, advancement of yourself, that is not unethical. What's the most basic thing, right? But self-preservation, yeah. the one, wanting to live, I guess yeah, it's selfish, but what are you gonna do? You know, that's what yeah. str- that's what drives us forward. 
as yeah. a people, as people, as people, and as people, as people, and uh, as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so while the professor's rambling on about ethics and self-preservation, he, I guess, Jack has like a he has a a light bulb moment. He writes down the words night five K N I G H T. When the robed people were there, they when they were talking about the golden coins, he said they you must find you must find a coin by tomorrow, and you must find one by night five, something like that. It's a puzzle. It's a big treasure hunt or scavenger hunt, whatever it is. When they were walking around campus, you see like a chessboard, like a stone chessboard with like the big pieces, and he is pulling up. Yeah, like a big, night, big chessboard outside, yeah. He's pulling up the night five tiles because he's thinking maybe they meant night five. That's a space on a chessboard. And then Alyssa shows up and she's like, why are you messing up my chessboard? And then he's like, let's, well, let's play a little game. You know, let's have a little fun. And I think she says, I don't think you want to do that. And Jack's like, no, 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 let's play. He's, <sighs> they have a little back and forth. Yeah. Again, like Jack's just... He just doesn't get it, or he gets it, he just doesn't care. But she's like, look, I'm, there is no such thing as a secret society. But if there was a secret society, I wouldn't tell you, Yeah, idiot. Yeah. She's basically trying to tell and, him to shut the heck up. Yeah. And then she beats him. I think it only four moves. It's the most basic uh, pawn, bishop, queen, queen, win. It is the, oh, it's I the thought easiest it... thing to, to defend against. And I think they're trying to use it as a way of saying that she's super smart. But really, if you know how to play chess, it just shows that he's stupid. I thought she used magic to move the pieces around behind his back. No, no. That's, I that's watched, what I thought she was doing. I Sorry. Because that's my opening move when I play against my little siblings. Because I'm like, yeah, oh. idiots. You want to play chess against me? I'm going to win in five <laughs> moves. That's what I do. And she moved those exact same pieces. But maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe he just wasn't paying attention. I mean, sometimes that happens. And he was distracted by both what they were talking about and by her, obviously. So, yeah. who knows? He's clearly interested. Interested in what, Chris? Her order. Her secret society. <laughs> her order. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what he's interested in, Christopher. <laughs> and so, uh, she beats him. And while he's looking around stunned... <laughs> Kyle shows up. Oh, yes, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Kyle is the king of the DBs. This guy you is just, bow to him? Yes. And he also has a fantastic Kyle haircut. Oh, like, it is amazing. Oh, man. Uh, this, <laughs> and that's, oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. In in this particular scene, I really noticed it. But did you ever watch Supernatural? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you finish it? Like, do you like? Are you caught up? Oh no, I'm not caught up. I've watched okay. the vast majority of it. I'm two, maybe three seasons behind by now. Do you know who Jack is on Supernatural? Yes. Do you think that our Jack from the Order was? I'm not saying he was channeling that Jack because I think they two completely different acting styles and actors. Yeah. But do you think that, like, because he's dressed kind of the same, mm. like he wears the same clothes and he's got kind of a similar haircut? Nah. Fair enough. So, well, that was the easiest argument we've ever had. All right. Eh, well, you're wrong, so that's why it was easy. So wow. she says, well, you know, you were looking for the English building. You should look at your map. And he, he's like, I was? And she's like, yeah, look at your map, dummy. Kyle and Alyssa walk off. 
And then he looks at the map and he's like, night five. And so he looks over at K5 and he's like, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense. But then he finds N5. Mm. Ooh. And there is a building in an area called the Restricted Zone. So that's where he goes. He heads off to find that building. And then he, as he gets closer, um, he sees a guy named Todd. 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 What a name. Jeez. There's only been one good Todd. I Scrubs. Which the the Todd from Scrubs, man. The Todd. No? Sure. All right. I mean, I, th- I, th- I watched a couple episodes of that show with you, man. I don't remember. Anyways, his arm is all messed up. He's bleeding. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll help you out. And he's like, no, get away from me. <laughs> Jack's like, okay. And so he <laughs> starts walking towards the building. And then Todd screams out, it's in a box by the door. I helped him. He's disqualified. Jeez, Todd. Like, God, wow. what a... What a chump. Jack goes into the building and there's a box with a lock on it that's like kind of moves around and it's jostling and there's like a snarling. He sees through, is this chicken wire? Yeah. Is that what this is? Yeah, it's chicken wire. He sees through the chicken wire that there's a gold coin and he goes to reach for it. And as he reaches for it, he almost gets bitten by this thing. Yeah. And then after a few instances of him trying to get it, he like he stops for a second and then I think Todd yells from the the like from the outside and then it freaks out and then he's like silence and then quietly reaches in. This is probably the most tense part of the episode as he reaches in and slowly moves towards the coin and grabs it and as soon as he grabs it pulls his arm out just in time and the thing like sticks its head out the little spot where his hand was just sitting there and it it's got some real gnarly looking teeth, blood all over its mouth. Very gross. And Todd, good old Todd. Good old uh, Todd. Walks into the building. He's like, hey, man, that was my coin. I found it first. Yeah. <laughs> and then they leave. Todd and him, I guess, are confronted by these robed people. And uh, Todd's like, no, I found it first. And then they're like, well, you did. Well, you found it, but you couldn't claim it. And then they pocket sand him in the face. <laughs> His eyes roll back into his head. He falls backwards and they drag him away. And he's like, what are you guys going to do with him? And then they're like, do with who? And then Jack turns and he doesn't see Todd anymore. And then he turns back and (gasps) the robed people are gone. What? How did they do that? (laughs) Oh, no. So spooky. (laughs) And then uh, (laughs) we get a scene change. He and Amir are walking around. And then Amir is talking about the legacy kids and how they're jerks and then they hear a screaming or some kind of noise and they start running towards it and they find a girl on the ground and her throat's been cut and she's bleeding and he's like yo amir you gotta call 911." and then what was really interesting during the scene in the subtitles it says gun cocks whoa but i don't like really yeah oh i did not like the girl catch that in the audio at all I don't think it actually is the sound of a gun cocking. I think it's just a noise. I'm sending it to you now. But it just says, sound of a gun cocking. Weird. Yeah. I thought it was something in the woods. I didn't hear a gun. Yeah, I figured it was like someone like something or someone like jostling around. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Interesting. Jack's like, hey, you know, call 911. Amir's freaking out. I mean, that's fair. You know, how many times has Amir been in a life-threatening situation? Three actually but okay <laughs> throughout his entire yeah, life three yeah. i don't how dare you judge amir yeah like, carry I'm just, on i'm just i'm a judger i'm a judgy wedgie <laughs> i actually made that <laughs> reference earlier today 
uh, this girl, unfortunately, she passes. I don't know if it's this is sad. the same girl yeah. from earlier who got Weston or Wendell's names confused. No, I don't know no, it was the girl. Not. I think we kind of glossed over it when they're all of the other hopefuls are talking about whether or not they can help each other. And, she, and she's like, I'm not going to risk it and then leaves. Oh, I didn't. Th- yeah, I guess I didn't talk about That's that. Not I didn't important. think it was important enough to even bring up. This whole conversation so. is important about who she is. Yeah. yeah. It was another hopeful, and that's important. Okay. Guess what? He gets questioned by the police again, and then so the, the detective's like, so you were walking, and then you found a person, and then she died. <laughs> and Jack's like, yeah, man, that's what happened. Like, he heard a, yeah, heard got, a scream, and yeah. I have a witness. I was with someone the entire time. And you can actually see in the background that Amir is being questioned, I guess, by other officers. <sighs> Yeah, just sad. Very sad this girl had to die. I thought she was going to be a, you know, a series favorite. But anyways, so now they have a, um, they're doing safe walks. I guess they need everyone to walk in pairs now. Yeah, but that's that's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, he, Alyssa is standing there and they have like a pin. I think they have like a thing on their shirt or it's like a lanyard or something. That's a button. They have a yeah. button. Safe walk volunteers, what it says. Yeah. I guess they got double booked because Jack walks up to her and he's like, hey, don't. And then she's like, wait a minute, are you the safe walk for 3.30? And he's like, yeah, well, they have a little bonding. You know, they talk about it a little bit. And he just keeps talking about this stupid secret society. And then Todd shows up and doesn't remember anything. And he's like, I'm here for my buddy. Let's go walking. Todd's a real jerk. Yeah. Uh, even even when he doesn't remember how his hand got all chopped up. Yeah, that's probably the most surprising part of this whole episode, really. Yeah. That he's named Todd and not Brian. (laughs) Anyways, as Alyssa and Todd walk away, Jack reaches into his pocket and he finds another note. He reads it and he looks kind of confused. And then this is the second scene with the ethics professor. And I mean, we don't have to wax poetic about their discussion, but he essentially asks, if I do something bad... In order to do something good, is that good? His professor asks him the baby Hitler question, which I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. before the show. <laughs> yeah, no, what's the baby Hitler question, Chris? So the the question is, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler when he was a baby, would you do it? Jack does the obvious thing. He says, oh, of course I would kill Hitler. And then his professor's like, you'd kill a baby? You're sick. Yeah. You wouldn't try to save him? Was he born like that? Maybe his environment's what caused him. And then Jack's like, well, no, then I wouldn't kill him. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's Hitler. Yeah. He killed millions of people. I love the way the, the professor reacts to this. He plays up. Yeah. Like you can tell that that's like his, it's like one of his favorite <laughs> lectures all year is that one. Because he just confuses the heck out of people. And then he says to him, you know, hey, you know, you, you've already made your decision. If you're in your head, you're justifying that the bad things that you have to do to do good things, you've already made your choice. And so Jack makes his choice. Um, and then he's sitting at the bar. <laughs> not He's not sitting in the bar. He is sitting at the bar. Yeah. Uh, with a mirror. They're both drinking a beer. Ooh, nice rhyme. Apparently his note was to get cocaine and a gun. Wow. <laughs> And then I guess Amir also got a coin because he asked, well, what did they ha- what did they want you to get? And then he says, I think he says something along the line that mine had some like 
religious Yeah, he says, I don't know if they're trying to test my subservience or my devotion to, to religion or something like that in my religion. Yeah. I was more interested in what Amir had to do than Jack. For sure. Cocaine and a gun. Any white person could go get cocaine yeah. and a... Okay. Yeah. I have a gun. Okay. I'm halfway there. I just got to find some cocaine. And I have... No, wait. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this was another episode. <laughs> this of, was... Uh, Welcome to the last episode of the B-Roll Podcast. Kyle shows up. Knocks his beer out of his hand. God, real. Just what a jerk, man. Kyle. Yeah. Ugh, love it. Great. And he's like, hey, man, I'm, this, I'm sorry. Were those your good genes? Or were they your only genes? <laughs> Did I lose you? Are you still there? No, I'm here. Okay. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. So Jack, he's like, well, I got to go. I got to take care of some stuff and then. Stands up and then like high fives Kyle on his way out. <laughs> so that was great. And then so Gregory and Kyle, you know, Gregory's like, man, I can't believe they picked him. It should be me. Ugh! I'm a legacy. Kyle just tells him to shut up. I'll take care of it. Shut up. I mean, this secret society is not so secret. Yeah. Everyone knows about it. He gets a text message and he's like, I got to go business or something like that. So he he rolls out of the bar. And then he walks towards what appears to be an abandoned building. Kyle like gets under the fence and he goes inside. Jack apparently is decided to follow Kyle because he walks. He's like walks in behind him, goes under the fence. He goes inside. He is tapping around on the walls and eventually finds, I guess, a false panel or secret door. Yeah. How did he go into that one room that happened to have the secret panel? <laughs> I mean, we don't know how long he's in this area before he gets to this one. I don't know. Which is, yeah. I, I noticed Jack was rocking a con- Canadian tuxedo this entire Oh, yeah. Scene. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. He, he loves his uh, jean Dinner, jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he finds a secret entrance, goes in. He finds an interesting, fancy, old-fashioned lounge. Yeah, uh, very fancy. I was like, I'd hang out there. <laughs> I'd join the Hermetic Order, the Blue Rose. Uh, <laughs> He sees these big double doors. They're wooden, very large. I think they're I think they're like ten or fifteen, maybe not fifteen, but like ten or twelve feet tall. Like they're big. Opens them up very slightly. Looks into a room. Chancellor Stone, Alyssa, Kyle, and some other people are looking at some kind of basin. I think this is a basin. Yeah, sure. And then there's smoke coming out of it. And then a vision overlays on top of it. And Chancellor Stone is holding an eye, an eyeball attached to an eye stock. Is that what it's called? An eye stock? And yeah. I thought it was an like ocular a, nerve. Maybe. I don't know. An eye stock? Eye stock. Well, obviously, you're not a doctor. Eye stock. As it turns out, this is a vision from Drea, the dead young woman who died. The, de- <laughs> the young woman who died from the slashed throat. And it's just a, it's a, Excuse me, it's a first-person perspective of Jack, the entire scene, but just from his point of view. He's kind of weirded out, and he leaves, and then um, Chancellor Stone just puts the eye down and like says, necromancy. Ugh. The eye disappears. The next scene is Jack talking to his granddad. He mentions that he says uh, they call this neophytes, and then he writes down neophytes equals something. Pledges. Pledges, thank you. And then he sticks it on the wall and then you kind of like we get a really really nice shot of this um conspiracy board like all the different maps newspaper articles we talked about earlier we don't have to 
keep bringing it up. Yeah. And then uh, Granddad goes to leave the room, and then he finds another envelope in his pocket, and he's like, I don't, why does this keep happening to me? And then, <laughs> uh, well, he's freaking out about magic and whatnot. Sure. The granddad's uh, like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> All does it, right. Uh, does it, granddad? You're right, though. Any conspiracy <laughs> theory starts to make more sense if you believe in magic. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got a solid point. Sure. He reads the note, and it says, hey, you know, wear this charm. And he puts it on. And then we see him at the chessboard, and he's talking to Alyssa. Well, she shows up, and, she, and she's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey... I know you can't talk to me about a secret society that you're not in, but is the final test worth it? She essentially says, yes, not at first, but later, it was worth it. Uh, we get another scene change. He is digging up his mother's grave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Ugh. well, because we see him, we see him standing over, like, we see him in a graveyard, and he's standing there with a shovel, and he's digging, and then the, we get a, a new shot of him. Well, it's not a shot of him. It's a shot past his legs. Yeah. Looking at the headstone, it says Chloe Morton, which mm. assumes his mother. And then there's a flash, and Kyle appears out of the darkness and is taking a picture of him digging up a grave. He's like, yo, I want you to drop out of the order. I don't want you to pledge anymore. He's like, I'm going to put this on YouTube. And then Jack does what you know he is normally going to do, is he's going to solve this problem with violence. So he sights down his shovel just to make sure that I guess it's straight. And it looks like he's going to take a swing at Kyle's head, but Kyle pulls a knife from a jacket, and he like cuts himself off the middle of his hand. Best line in the whole show right here. What does he say? Oh, Jack's like, do you, do you know what a fight is? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Because <laughs> you know Kyle cuts himself. Like, do you know how this works? Like, that's not, all right. Uh, yeah, he uh, cuts his hand, squeezes it, breathes onto it, and then says a word. Like a magic word. It's not abracadabra. I was really disappointed. And then he moves his hand forward and the the gravestone, Jack's mother's gravestone, just explodes. And he's like, whoa, 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 hey. Hey, man. Kyle, like, starts moving towards him. And then I didn't actually even notice it, but, like, I watched the scene again and you actually see Jack's eyes, like, point up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. He's, like, he's standing there and he looks and then, like, he glances over Kyle's head or his shoulders. And then Kyle's like, you should be very afraid of me as what appears to be a werewolf standing directly behind Kyle. Yeah. And then Jack tries the old Marty McFly and he's like, yo, Kyle, you should look uh, behind you, man. You know, hey, Biff, what the hell is that? And Kyle's like, you think I'm going to fall for that? Such a, you know, rookie move. And then this is this. I mean, how often have we seen this exact scene play out? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then there's like heavy breathing. Kyle stops moving forward and turns around. He starts running towards Jack. Jack rears the shovel back like he's getting ready to hit this, like he's trying to defend himself, but he accidentally clobbers Kyle with it. Yeah, right in the and head. And he's like, Kyle, I'm sorry. And then he's like, no, I'm not. You brought me out here, jackass. <laughs> it was and good. Then he, it was good. <laughs> yeah. He turns to run trips and falls and then the werewolf pins him down like puts its claw like you can see its claw like on his shoulder and he like looks over his shoulder at it and it pushes him back down he tries to do it again it pushes him back down again and then all of a sudden it's gone and then jack turns around doesn't see it anymore gets up and runs away but the charm that he was wearing is actually on the ground 
And then that's the end of the episode. Did you mention the charm earlier and I just mentioned it? Uh, missed it, excuse me? I did mention it earlier, yeah. Okay, so I was just not paying attention. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, that's the end of the first part of the first episode, Hell Week Part 1. Yeah, a nice little abrupt ending. Did you like this episode? The premise is interesting. I've liked it enough to keep watching. However, I I have serious doubts about it staying this interesting. I feel like it's going to go the CW route very quickly. Okay. Where it's going to become more about Alyssa and whatever other love interests in the next season he's interested in and blah, 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 and yada, 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 <laughs> more so than, man, there was a freaking like werewolf looking thing and there's magic and necromancy. And I feel like they put a lot into the first episode and it's just gonna, I, I don't have a lot of faith in it, but I'm willing to give it a chance. Does that make sense? I mean, uh, same. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, I didn't dislike the episode. Right. I, I didn't dislike the show. There's nothing to dislike. There's not a lot to love, but there's nothing right. to dislike. It's just, um, I, it's just another story in which I feel like I've been here. Like I've, I've been in this exact scenario with a bunch of young teens getting involved, or well, not young teens, not but young, teens. young adults sure. getting involved in, you know, something. Now it's all over their head. They can't handle it. Like, blah, blah, I don't know. Blah. Yeah. I, but I, I do agree. I would be willing to give another episode a, sh- a shot. Yeah. If only to say that we watched the first episode, because I didn't know it was a two-parter. Yeah. You texted me earlier today and you were like hey did you know this was a two-parter it's like yeah. oh it doesn't dang. it doesn't feel like a two-parter and when you look at the list of episodes i only i didn't i say i looked at it i only looked at the first four or five like i didn't scroll through them it looked like there were more than one there's at least two two-parters to start it and then it and then it starts another part one i don't know if it's a two-parter three-part or whatever mm-hmm. i assume okay. they're all two-parters i think we should i'm gonna i'm gonna say it here i think we should watch episode two record that and release that next week all right. Just at least to give it its due. I feel like there's not a lot to talk about here. I think I've already said everything I can say about the characters. None of them have any depth. The grandfather yeah. is maybe a little too willing to sacrifice his only grandson to get back at the dude who killed his daughter. Not a healthy relationship. <laughs> the main character is a... What's the what's the male version of a Mary Sue? Marty Stew. <laughs> that's made up but okay but so is mary sue i guess that all works he he it's doesn't a voc, it's a it's a vox article he doesn't be able to oh okay fair enough he doesn't seem to be able to do anything is mary sue sexist is the term sexist i mean i guess it's a trope right i don't know let us know you can email us at sci-fi wise guys at gmail.com or tweet us <laughs> at b underscore roll podcast and uh, let us know. Maybe if we're using a term wrong, I mean, especially in, in an offensive manner, well, definitely let us know. I'll let us know anything else you want. I, it's all good. No, I, he doesn't seem to be able to do anything wrong. Like, he, he loses his little charm at the end, but that's definitely not because of him, if that makes sense. And are yeah. we to assume that because he's moved on to the next thing and is digging up his mother's grave that he acquired cocaine and a gun and we just didn't see it? It was off camera? Maybe they wanted their... What was this rated... Uh, well, with all the F words, um, I'm going to say M-A. And it's TV-MA. So mm-hmm. maybe, like, in order to prevent it from going, like, I mean, there's... TV-MA is R. And I've seen R, rated R movies, because it's just a different rating system, but that's the equivalent. I've seen other rated R movies with guns in them and with illicit <laughs> drugs. So... I don't know. 
maybe they could maybe they had to drop the cocaine and gun to get past the census board. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh we've brought up some other things that would not care <laughs> about but fair enough. <laughs> and maybe for the for the interest of time and maybe I'll show it with them later or something, but Right. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so before I give final judgment on whether this show is worth watching, I feel like yeah, I'll watch one more episode. And I guess that is a little bit of a judgment. It didn't lose my interest halfway through the the double episode pilot. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Um. Any any differing opinions? I mean, we agreed at the beginning. I think we're going to agree at the end that I'm willing to give another episode a chance. By the way, so Mary Sue, the term Mary Sue comes from, I'm reading this off Wikipedia, from a name of a character created by Paula Smith in 1973 for her parody story, A Trekkie's Tale, published in her fanzine, Menagerie No. 2. The story starred Lieutenant Mary Sue, the youngest lieutenant in the fleet, only 15 and a half years old, and satiricized unrealistic characters in Star Trek fan fiction. uh, I'm not going to read the complete story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anything that needs to add to the and a half, I know exactly where it's coming from. So we we good. We good. (laughs) Again, you you said it. The characters don't have any any real depth. But it is the pilot. I mean, how much depth did... uh, Well, no, I I, I would have to disagree because we watched Charmed. Charmed had a lot of depth. It was basically yeah, all can't, character. I can't believe I'm about to defend Charmed on this podcast, <laughs> but I was in, I was emotionally invested in almost all the characters in yeah. the first episode. No, I, I agree. Even the ones I d- yeah. couldn't quite connect with, I was like, I want to see where this goes because they have a big influence on the other characters. And this, yeah. there's so many characters in the first episode of The Order that right. I feel like it should be more character driven, but everyone is fairly yeah. superficial. I mean, I, I did say that my favorite character was a guy named Kyle. <laughs> so that tells you all you need to know about the depth. I don't know, man. I liked uh, what in was the first the, episode. What was the other guy's name? The R.A. Randall. Randall or whatever. Yeah, I liked yeah. him. Did you read? Did you know Randall had more screen time in this show than Kevin Sorbo in Mythica? I, you know, that's not a fact that I was consciously aware of, but yes, I knew that. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I guess that's the end of this episode, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. As you said earlier, you know, please feel free to hit us up on our social media. We have a Facebook group, the B-Roll Podcast group. We have a Twitter at B underscore Roll Podcast. Did you already talk about the email? Yeah, sci-fi-wiseguys at gmail.com. Give us suggestions for new things to watch. Give us a long-winded rant about how we're horrible and all of our opinions are bad. Love to hear that. Send me your fan art of uh, Kyle. I want to see it. Uh, We also have a Patreon, don't we? Don't we have a Patreon? Well, I mean, how could you forget? Are you just trying to I'm start? A, are you trying to start a fake conversation with the two, between no, the two of us? I'm, tr- I'm trying to get you to bring it up. Oh, you're trying so, to get me to bring it up and, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, and grovel yeah. for money? You yes. greedy. <laughs> yeah, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash B underscore roll. All donations there go right to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. And that's, I think that's it. I think that covers. All of our shameless plugs. Yeah. I have some shame, but whatever. I want to thank everyone for listening. If you uh, liked what you heard, you know what to do. We just want to say thanks again. And uh, you guys have a great week, weekend, weekday. And just remember that in these trying times that you are loved and listen to our podcast. Those are the two most important things. We appreciate it, guys. (laughs) Bye.
Hold on. I'm going to put my headphones down <laughs> real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Ugh. How's eBay? How's she doing? She's, She's still good. married? Yeah, so <laughs> <I'm> far. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but it was nowhere good. Oh, man.